Welcome to For the Record Podcast, episode number 120. We are back, as I promised we would be. Uh, a little bit later than I usually put these up. I am going to try really hard to start putting these up in the morning. Um, still playing a little bit of catch-up with getting things uh, back together schedule-wise. But uh, for the most part, these are I'm going to try to put these up within the morning, or at least by the afternoon at the very latest. But I'd like to aim for mornings when these go up. So you have them first thing in the day. You can... Listen to them when you're commuting, getting ready, whatever. I'm just basing it off of how I usually listen to podcasts. If you want to provide some input as to when you'd like these to go up, just shoot an email. Uh, there should be an email on uh, shamelesspromo.net that has um, where you can contact us. But anyway, beside the point, um, this episode was supposed to go up a long time ago. This was with an incredible rock duo uh, called Black Satellite. It's made up of Larissa Vale and Kyle Hawken, uh, two musicians based out of New York, New York. Um, they were promoting uh, their debut album, Endless, which um, it's phenomenal. It sounds, I mean, when it, and they're absolutely phenomenal. Um, I chatted with both Larissa and Kyle um, a little while back over the phone. Um, and they, they were fantastic. It's, it's all, I love talking to rock bands because that is the, I've said this a lot. This is the genre that I was, that I grew up in and it's, it was kind of the, it's, it's what really got me into everything. Um, and it's still one of the genres that I returned to, um, almost, uh, almost immediately whenever I am on a kick, it'll usually start with something it'll usually start with something based in rock and then it will kind of gravitate towards that um, and revolve uh, back to rock in some way. The album is out now. Um, you can get it on any streaming or purchasing platform. And most recently, as of this going up, the band, um, they were featured on Alternative Press in their in that vi- the, like the video roundup article that goes up every week. And they shared um, two music video covers as a tribute to Typo Negative's lead singer Peter Steele. They covered My Girlfriend's Girlfriend and I Don't Want to Be Me. Uh, so you can check that out uh, by visiting either that AP article or you can just go straight to their, um, straight to the source at blacksatellite.com or facebook.com slash blacksatelliteofficial. All right. Um, this is episode number 120 of For the Record with Larissa Vale and Kyle Hawken of Black Satellite. Enjoy and sorry this took so long to go up. sitting here for like five minutes trying to re-enter the code and it just kept telling me that I was wrong and I kept checking it over and over again but yeah I don't know what that was hi nice to speak with you <laughs> hi <laughs> um 
hold on one second. Let me pull this up and all right, we're good to go. I, have you guys been sitting there super, super long? Um, just eight minutes. It's oh, okay, no worries. God, I'm so sorry. I always try to be like as close to on time. Um, okay, well, I guess to to start this off, um, just super quickly, um, say uh, your name and what you play in Black Satellite. So I'm Larissa. I sing. And I'm Kyle. I play all the guitar and bass on the record. Sweet. Okay. Um, well, it's, um, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you both. I loved your record. Like I'd been looking for some like newer rock music for a while and this, this did it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I guess since this is for a podcast and this allows for a little bit more time of asking stuff that you wouldn't necessarily ask in like in, in, I guess in a quicker just print interview, um, where did you guys, like, how did you guys get your start within music in terms of, uh, I guess you can, you could take that and go as far back as you want to go, like when you were a teenager and you discovered music or just when you started to play, explain like kind of when you played in bands, how Black Satellite came together, just kind of the origins of you both as musicians. So I guess the origin of Black Satellite is uh, we actually met in a music class in high school. And, you know, Kyle was like, hey, you know, I heard you sing. You want to be in a band? And I was like, yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, And so we were writing music together for a really long time before we um, released this record. Um, So we were kind of writing, you know, while we're going through school and I was going to college. And then as soon as I graduated, we went to New York and, you know, we kind of dropped everything and started doing this like at an extremely professional level and just kind of throwing everything we had into it. You know, and it kind of developed into this own creature of its, you know, its creature of its own, which is kind of really cool to see. Nice. Um, with, well, with this kind of music, I, I guess, to, to kind of go off of this a little bit, what were you, I mean, the artist that I could pull when I'm thinking of, like, the, what does this sound like, if you were to describe it to someone as quickly as you could, um, garbage, Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, like stuff that, like the kind of rock that I heard in the '90s that was on yeah. like rock radio, but it has that twist to it that it kind of that makes it modern and keeps it um, that makes it sound like it's from this era in that sense. What were you both? <laughs> what were you both listening to when you were growing up? And you were um, when you were in that kind of daydream state of oh, I want to play music, I want to be in a band, I want to do this. <laughs> Honestly, growing up, I listened to a lot of Ozzy Osbourne, Alice in Chains, and Soundgarden. Those were probably my top three growing up. Nice. For me, it was like Marilyn Manson, Tool, Rob Zombie, Korn, Deftones. Nice. (laughs) So definitely the heavier side of rock, not like the, the, I mean, those are a lot of heavier acts in that sense, like, um, bands you'd see well now they're bands now all of all of those bands would be considered like heavy metal they wouldn't be considered rock um where at the time it was just kind of all blended together um well let's let's um let's talk about endless um when so you you form how soon after that do you start writing material for endless is there are there demos are there singles before that that you guys release or is endless essentially your first introduction into 
the world of rock music? So Endless is pretty much the first introduction. We had stuff before that, but it was not really the same tier. So there's been a couple different versions of Black Satellite. But I mean, really there's actually cool. some songs where we have like three recorded versions of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, My Resolve is probably one of those. I think that song got recorded like four times before it turned out the way we wanted it to. <laughs> wow. It's a matter of, you know, meeting the right team, you know, engineers and mm-hmm. stuff that we kind of meshed with. How long does a process like that take when you're trying to find the right people? I mean, ob- I mean, there is no, I know the, the obvious answer is that there is no formula to it, but for, for you two, how long did it take? So it didn't actually take us too long to find the right, uh, the right people. We tried to do it like, uh, like DIY, you know, cause we always like right when we started out, everyone was, you know, talking like that was the big hype. And we decided to go to a studio after that and ended up running into our, engineer slash mixer uh, asher and we all just actually kind of hit it off and ended up uh, like demoing the whole record and doing all the production and actually our apartment in new york oh wow and we actually ended up going back to the diy uh thing for endless and tracked it all by ourselves you know we kind of weren't getting the sound we wanted out of that studio for several reasons and you know we kind of just wanted just like aggression you know and vulnerability and that's kind of how we were feeling we kind of like got all the stuff built out of a room you know um we recorded it in our mixer's apartment in queens <laughs> um but it, it kind of just mimics you know everything we were feeling at that time when i how i'm i'm trying to figure out how to phrase the question at this point um i i guess once you're in that apartment, what is, I guess, what's the length of time that it took for you from taking the demos and just kind of the basic ideas for the songs and turning them into like the full fleshed tracks that you hear before, I mean, before mixing and mastering and stuff like that, but about how long did it take for all of those tracks to come together? And I, and I like asking this question because sometimes the answer is, oh, it took us a month, and then sometimes it's like a year or two, or it just it differs for everybody. Okay, so this is this is definitely going to be one of the different ones. So uh, we had a bunch of demos going into Endless. Once we started tracking, I think uh, the first one we tracked was Blind. After that one, we actually threw about six of them out the window and wrote six new ones and mm-hmm. tracked them all in eight days. Wow. <laughs> like everything tracked, like all drums, everything, all guitar, vocals, everything in eight days. Jesus, that wow, that's yeah, we, for we eight songs. Like, that's crazy. Days, like I think we did about like seventeen hour days until like four a.m. every single day, taking Ubers back to our apartment in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we definitely didn't sleep for those eight days, and it felt a lot longer. But yeah, <laughs> um, we actually were. We actually were wondering. Uh, it was, a, it was a conversation walking from, uh, I think I think we went to like a food truck because it was just so late in the time, like late in the night. But we were walking, we're like, how long has it been since we started? And then we started going through the hours and I think it was like a hundred and some hours into it, but it was only <laughs> like eight days. <laughs> we just didn't really sleep. We just kind of kept yeah. trudging along. <laughs> Wait, I give a big, big shout out to our engineer for that because just hitting, you know, double return three is a lot more exhausting than you would think it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, and forgive me if you'd said this earlier, but I remember you saying you had an engineer and a mixer, but did you guys have a producer on this or was this all self-produced? 
was just the three of us. Okay. Yeah, so just our engineer enough. Wow, that's ins- uh, geez. I I mean, did you at least get some sleep after the eight days had finished up and you were like, "This is all done." I we're- think we went into like hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, what is I the mean, our poor our poor mixer? You know, he had to do all all of his own edits and yeah. Uh, yeah, he didn't sleep for a good month or so. Oh, Jesus. no. He was wrecked. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Um, with I mean, with all that being said and with that story of how you got this album done in eight days and then you got it mixed like within that month, what is um, does the term endless have anything to do with maybe like coming from the recording process and the idea of it or was that about something was that a, something totally different in terms of where the the name comes from so for us endless like a lot of people will probably think it, it it's like a positive connotation but for us endless is more of like a negative connotation in the sense like the song you know the title track is it's feeling like you know you're in this endless suffering that's like never going to end and you're figuring out how you can get out of it you know like it's it's going to go on for eternity like i feel like everybody in their life experiences difficult moments and i feel like people get trapped within those difficult moments like people tend to remember those more than the good times yeah and i think it's like a way to kind of get out of that but it's also like you don't forget it either in your opinion, would the, you say that there's a particular track on the album, maybe among all the others, that best embodies that that theme and that idea, or would you just say that it's a collective as a whole? So I think the, the track "Endless" that's pretty much the lyrical content. Gotcha. That's like the epitome of it. Yeah, I would say the whole record kind of follows that theme. Gotcha. Okay. Um, different different touches on that. Yeah. Um, what it's made like you different? facets to that kind of tragedy yeah that's a good one gotcha um uh what was it then that made you want to choose valkyrie as the i guess one of the lead singles and one of the and like the the music video song in that sense well first of all it's it's really accessible because you know for people that might not think they like heavier music it's kind of a good way to kind of say, you know, we have this really vulnerable side, even though there's kind of this heavier thing going on. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's a theme that everybody can relate to. It, it kind of touches on, you know, that fear of death that I think everybody experiences at one point or another. And you just spend your life figuring out how to be okay with that, you know, until you eventually are. But I think it's this coming, coming of age moment. I think it's kind of like a youth-based thing, maybe. Um. Well, I think I think this is interesting what you said because I could definitely see how that song. I, I I don't know if this is the proper term, but I could see how it's some some like in a form, a gateway drug for people who, like you said, yeah. aren't really sure if they like heavy music because that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's generally if you throw like the heaviest possible song you can find at them, they're probably going to go, "Oh, what's this? No, no thanks." Exactly. Or, or come back to it later on. But if you do something that's moderately got all of those influences together, you could, I mean, you gain a fan for life in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, a lot of our fans that started, um, we've even had people reach out to us being like, oh, yeah, we started with Valkyrie, but then they end up liking like, the heavier stuff on the record. Like and Calamity and... Yeah. Calamity and like Endless, and Wish and yeah. those kind of things. And they're like, I actually never listened to heavy music ever. You know, like I was really a pop person. So <laughs> I, think it, I think a gateway 
into that is actually a good way to put it too. Yeah. Seems um, to be that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, when in the pro like when in the process did you kind of decide that that was gonna be, th- uh, I guess like th- the face or the single that people could use? Did that like after your hibernation? Did that take a little bit of time to think about, or was that something that you were kind of like, no, this should be the first thing right away? Um, it like one of those things that you kind of just know. I mean, it, it felt right to us because like it was really catchy and it like you know and and poppy in its own way but i feel like it was kind of like weird enough that i felt good with it because i know we kind of have our angles and and i felt very confident in in that song Mm -hmm. like it just reminded me of kind of what i listened to growing up and i felt like i don't know some sort of nostalgia to it yeah no i feel it um when so I ask this question sometimes to songwriters and because you guys had a particularly interesting, like I, 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 at least I've never heard of people tracking that many songs in eight days. Like I, I, I haven't yet other than you guys having said that, so that's really impressive. Were there any moments when you had a roadblock or writer's block of some kind? And if so, obviously you were working quickly. How did you power through that and push down that wall to get to the final result? So we had some uh, roadblocks on some songs. Uh, I'd say primarily, not the third lyrics under the bus, primarily with the vocals, just because for okay. some reason I was on a roll with the instrumentals. But every time we would hit one of those, somehow I was always going on to the next song, and she would be sitting with the prior song trying to figure out the, so like, the bridge part. Kyle and Asher would like walk me in the bedroom, and they're like, "Don't leave until you have some, you know, vocal part for this or whatever." And then, you know, they'd be out, you know, in the living room working on the next song already. And they're just kind of this back and forth thing. So, like, all the instrumentals would be laid out in front of me. Um, but it, it wasn't, like, typical writer's block. I guess it was just, like, the instrumentals are just so obscure in the verse that it's, like, a vocalist nightmare. Because there's, like, nothing really to go off of. But also, it's like, okay, well, how can I make sure that I'm using this opportunity the best I can and, and really try to, you know, break out of my comfort zone and do something different. Like, I remember the verse for Misconception was, like, so difficult. It had this, like, weird droney guitar. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, what am I going to sing over it? I think I already had the chorus at that point. And I'm like, I don't want to, you know, throw this song away. I mean, it has a good chorus, and I just can't mess this up. And I felt, you know, such responsibility to serve the song. Yeah. And I was, like, in tears, like, banging my head against the wall. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then all of a sudden, like, I just got on the mic and, like, the first thing I sang was, like, that verse. And I was like, oh, my God, thank God, you know, I finally got something. But I think it, it took me, like, beating myself down until that point of extreme frustration, like, literally having a meltdown until it just, like, flew out. And, and by the time she got that verse, I actually had all of the instrumentals for Endless already demoed out and tracked. Nice. So it was kind of like right when she finished that, I was like, on to the next one. But the, the way Endless <laughs> happened was like the second I walked in there and heard the instrumental for Endless, the first time I listened through, I already had the chorus. And then we tracked that. And I didn't, I think I had difficulty with that verse too. It's like whenever I think of like the perfect hook for the chorus, that's when I get all tripped up. Cause I'm like, shit, that was really good. I can't fuck this up. <laughs> so with. With all of that, just hearing how 
hearing how much you both put into the music and how much you push yourselves to get this whole album done I, I, this might be a weird question so i'm going to try to bear with me as i as i try to figure out how to navigate this one but um what was it that drove you other than obviously just wanting to make good music like that's there's a i want just from talking to you and from hearing the record there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of intensity in what you both put out but what is it i guess at the end of the day that makes you want to be like okay we're just gonna put our heads down and we're gonna go for a over a week straight and we're not going to stop until this is done. Like, are there other factors that are driving you or is it just more of a, I need to put this out because I will literally hate myself if I don't. Well, I guess for me, it was more like a, on a personal level. Like I come from a big family. I'm the youngest in my family. Um, and I never really had a voice of my own and uh, I never felt like I could do justice in defending myself. And for me, like writing these songs was a way of like putting a voice to all of these feelings I had. So that's why like a lot of these songs are like older songs, like Calamity was like from 2012 or something. And it, it was like almost like writing in a journal, you know, it's like I would just come home and sit in my room and kind of deal with these emotions I was having. And then, you know, each one of those would be a song. So every single song is linked to like a really huge emotional event that like I can literally slap a memory on. Um, so I think it was like razor sharp precision and literally just carving out those emotions. Do you think that in order to write a great song, you have to write from the past and write from experience? Or do you think that it can just come in that moment and I know every every songwriter is different but I guess what pers- personally for you is it something that you have to write in the moment or is it something where you can look back on an event like how you were saying that um, Calamity was from 2012 um, is mm-hmm. like I said is that something that you, you have to do it in the moment or that you personally think no I can let this sit for a while and then I can come back and reflect on it I don't think there's any recipe for creating good songs. Like I can only speak from my own experience and it's like any time in that heightened state of emotion, that's kind of when I just want to sit down and write songs. Um, and with like the, maybe the new stuff that we can be working on in the future, I, I want to try writing it from, you know, maybe thinking into the future or maybe more positive emotion too, because like kind of everything is more it's kind of like a darker you know negative emotion yeah um and maybe kind of exploring things that i haven't explored before when you both finish the album and when you both get out everything that you have to say do you feel like that it do you feel that with getting everything out that you've said on endless that um that's like okay that's everything that needs to be said or do you st- and you can go on or do you kind of feel like fuck we have to perform these now we have to relive them every time we do it like i guess what is the the overall feeling it's like do you feel like you've satisfied that emotion and the need to get it out or is it um something where you're not done until like you're you've played it live and you've it's in the hands of the fans essentially um so i feel like it's funny because i don't think we could have written any other music 
unless we kind of close the book on that chapter. So like those songs had to be out there in order for us to move forward and, you know, explore different things musically. So I, I think we definitely got it out there. Um, I'm able to like leave it behind now because I feel like, you know, I was able to communicate things. But it's a funny thing. It's like when you have these songs, like just in it, sitting in a drawer, it's like, it's not the same. Like for us, just putting it out there it was extremely cathartic, you know, and, you know, everybody can kind of work through that with us. But getting the chance to play them live is like a whole another way to, like the record has one feel, but when you hear it live, you almost feel it in person. It's almost like we're explaining our story. Like when we were playing with Starset, we actually had a lot of people that actually didn't, know about us at all come up afterwards and they're like wow i actually felt a huge connection to your music and it felt almost different than when i listened to it on spotify and they ended up buying it and becoming true black satellite fans so is there a need for us to play them live of course i love playing them live because i get to put all my feelings back out through the amp as i was like tracking it definitely um how do you, I, I, this is probably, you probably have a touring drummer and other live members, but what's your, I guess, what's your setup when you play live since it's just the two of you at the at the core of it? Yeah, so at the core of it, it's just us. Just, um, something to elaborate on there would be, I feel like bands nowadays, they're like, oh, I can't be heavy rock or hard rock because I'm not a real band if I don't have a full, like, six-man lineup. Um, but really we just we cut the drama because i always was uh, dedicated to playing guitar and bass and um a drum is a hobby i'm not gonna call myself a drummer because i really can't do it justice okay i could think of them but can't, i can't smack a drum as hard as most people yeah but <laughs> but uh when we play live we normally have a session drummer and a session uh bass guitar nice comes out with. Are they are they like long time this like the same people or does it kind of rotate just based on the gig? Uh, it rotates a little bit. Um, actually, for some of the newer stuff, uh, we've been working with uh, Casey Cooper, uh, Cooper drummer. He's one of the uh, like top YouTubers for drum covers. Nice. And he's been a great guy to work with. I'm sure we're going to be playing live with him. We haven't done a show with him yet, but uh, there's been a lot of stuff in the works from that. Uh, this is probably a question you've already been asked a few times because this always comes when somebody puts out an album and they're doing, um, and they're doing press around it um, because people have no, um, they have no ability to focus on something for more than ten seconds. But you put out a new album last year. Um, do you have any new material that you're working on now? And if so, what can people expect from it? So we did track uh, some new stuff. Um, we have some new music videos. I'm sure people are following us. On we did like a Instagram takeover for Alternative Press and yeah. for Pop. So they got some behind the scenes footage of the music videos. But as what they can expect from new material, it's still going to have the same black side like vibe to it. You're still going to be able to like dance and you know freak out, maybe yell at somebody you know after you listen to it, <laughs> get your feelings out. But still going to be high production, just more. I think you're going to feel the emotions that we're uh, going through right now. I think we're definitely more confident yeah. this year. I think it's going to be a little bit more, like, aggressive, happy, kind of, you know, bouncy. Because it's like we figured out, like, kind of our lane, and it is, you know, what feels good to us, and I think that'll definitely come across. Do you have a ton of material already demoed, or is that... And if you're not allowed to talk about it, it's totally cool. But, like, in, I guess how far along are you in terms of... 
I'm putting together, whether it's an EP, whether it's a full album, like any kind of release? I mean, we're always writing, and the last record kind of happened in a couple nights. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> we definitely have a lot of stuff on the table, but I don't know how elaborate I can go with when stuff will be coming out. We're kind of spontaneous like that, so... Yeah. I guess that's what makes people want to keep up with us. Yeah, keep them on their toes. <laughs> but in the meantime, well, we're going to, you know, feed their hunger with some new videos. Maybe one off the previous record, Endless. We might have another video coming out for that, so... Sweet. Um, I'll keep the system on which one it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess to to start wrapping this up and to to bring this to a close, I know we had about um I know we had about like forty forty five minutes blocked out, but this this should actually bring it up to bring it up to that. But uh, these are, I guess the, are the last uh, couple questions that I have. Um, what do you hope people take away from listening to Endless? Um, I guess just the most important part is to. Like, for me, I, I think it's important not to bottle up feelings. Um, maybe for a little bit while people are kind of working on things, but I think it's important to kind of get it out there. And, and if people can feel like they're at least having a conversation, you know, with us through our music and that kind of helps them with things. I mean, that was like a game changer for me growing up, just listening to all of the records I love. and. At the end of the day, that's kind of what we want to hope to achieve and continue to provide. Yeah, like really, I just, if someone can throw on our music and have a better day, that's all I really want. If, if their boss is yelling at them at work and they come and listen to our record and, you know, they just get that feeling of like, yeah, fuck him, that kind of thing. Because, <laughs> you know, we've always had that, that jerk of a boss that you always have to throw on like a crazy heavy record on after, you know, the shitty day. And I kind of wanted to see that person for the new generation. Yeah. I feel like no matter what, no matter what kind of music comes out, whether it, at the end of the day, music that is based around getting out sad or aggressive or angry feelings always is something that ties everyone together because every person has a day like that. There, I mean, everybody is yeah. happy, but it's you. You connect a little bit more with stuff where you're kind of like, kind of like you were saying, like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, I feel. Oh, you feel that too? Exactly. Cool, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like to, know, I guess to know you're not alone in the world because you can go tons of places where everybody's happy, but you don't. Nobody really talks about the sad part mm-hmm. of things. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, these are the last two questions that I ask, and I ask these to every artist that I do an interview with as a way to round things out. But um, uh, what kind of message, if you have one, would you like fans to walk away with after listening to your music? I know you said that about Endless, but maybe as like, I guess to elaborate on it a little more as, as a collective, if that makes sense. Um, for people to walk away like uh, like if they're seeing your show like, if they're just giving you like a quick listen I know you kind of answered it um, with that last yeah. question I guess this is just to more elaborate on like what people what you hope people to take away from your band as a whole whether it's uh, this release anything you guys put out in the future um, seeing you guys in concert whatever that may be it's, it's, it's sort of a very yeah. general so, question yeah, so one thing I'd like people to take away when they hear our story, I mean, we were honestly just two kids that came from a small town. I mean, me personally, Larissa, she 
traveled everywhere. She's not really from anywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> she's from like Cuba and Switzerland. I'm from a small, small little redneck town. So uh, anybody can be a musician, and I feel like anyone can really put themselves out there. It's just people, I think, listen to the negative sides that people have, like the negative opinions, like, oh, music's a terrible career. You'll never succeed in it. And I think if someone can just take away the, if we can do it, they can do it. And they should really give it a shot. I feel like not enough people give music a shot. And I feel like that's why we're not really getting the great music that we used to back in the day. It's just portraying that innate sense of fearlessness and just jumping headfirst into something and just knowing in your entire body that's the right thing to do and just not listen to, you know, all of the negative things you're hearing from people around you. To further elaborate on that, the second question is, what does music mean to you? I mean, it's like music is so integrated in like my entire life. It's like, I don't like have a life that's not music. <laughs> I would say music kind of means everything to me. Like it's, it's pretty much every feeling that I have. I can throw on a certain record and either keep feeling that emotion, fix the emotion that I'm feeling. It's just a way to express, write, and pretty much just talk without needing to. Perfectly said. Um, and uh, lastly, where can people go and find the band online? Where can they go pick up Endless, um, stay up to date on new music, tour dates, any any websites you want to plug? Um, just uh, let people know the links. Yeah, so um, we're obviously on all the socials, besides Snapchat. Um, <laughs> I guess, I, we have guess black, I'm, not, I'm not hip enough. We have black <laughs> underscore satellite. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get the OG. Oh, did someone take but, it? You know, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm talking to Snapchat right now because I want it. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. Black, Blacksatellite.com. Yeah, our own website, Blacksatellite.com. Um, you can pick up the record on our website, uh, the digital and the physical. Yeah, we have vinyl and CD available on our website as well. Perfect. And obviously on, on Spotify. Everywhere. Yeah, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> everywhere uh, you look, you'll find Black Satellite. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I'm really, really excited to see where the future takes Black Satellite. It was an absolute pleasure talking to both of you. Apologies again for the technical delay at the beginning, um, but I'm glad we were able to make this happen. All good. Oh, yeah, cool. it's all fine. Awesome. It was a great time chatting with you, Jared. Thank you very much. It was great chatting with you, too. Um, I'll try and, um, I'm going to send a message over to Katie as to when this will go up, but um, it should be within mm -hmm. the next couple weeks or so, and then we'll tweet it out and get the word out. Awesome. awesome. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Thank you. You, too. Take care. Bye. Bye.